All right, Mike, how are you? Welcome back to another one. Rory, doing well. How about yourself, mate? Yeah, all good. Uh, it's obviously just um, Saturday morning here, 3rd of June. It's hard to yeah. believe we're already in June now. I mean, scary, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the year's flying nearly halfway through. I mean, if you said to me at the, at the start of this year or the end of last year that, you know, markets would be up this much, you know, halfway through the year, definitely wouldn't have believed you. No way. No, yeah, completely agree. It's been uh, a roller coaster. Yeah, uh, I mean, the start of the year. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of talking points. I mean, even just this week gone by, uh, volatile. Uh, it, it's uncertain the macro environment ahead of us. But listen, it makes for an interesting trading landscape. That's for sure. Definitely, hundred percent. I mean, you know, S and P's up eleven uh, percent so far this year. IT's up thirty five percent. Consumer discretionary up twenty two percent, and communication services up thirty three percent. They're big, big, num- big numbers. Huge numbers, huge numbers. I mean, yeah. obviously, tech kind of dominating uh, most of the story, and you know, within tech, the main one being Nvidia as of recent. Yeah, they're but, up hundred and sixty percent this year. Mad, absolutely mad. Where, yeah. where else you go for returns like that? You know, that's just astronomical returns. So, yeah, in terms of you know trying to understand the landscape, it, there's a lot of nuts and bolts, moving parts, uh, economics that don't traditionally play by you know that uh, playbook that we all kind of you know learn whilst growing up it's just a landscape that is unique to say the least exactly i mean you know that i was definitely one of the people at the start of the year that says i'm definitely not going to be going long only this year it's it's definitely going to be a year of seeing a few shorts you know yeah. but before i think before we dive into i think it's important to remember is that a lot of these big companies like nvidia and tesla are actually in google and microsoft are actually the ones that are keeping the market up you know, if you Absolutely. look at the if you look at the Russell two thousand, it's still sitting, you know, very low down. The SP, you know, four fifty, four hundred, things like that, not really recovering too well. So it goes to show you that all the money is just in big tech, um, market caps. It's not really filtering down into the smaller and the real economy, what I like to call. Yeah, no, you're bang on there. You know, those names really are, you know, picking up the weight and the slack for the rest of the market. Yeah, uh, so it's not really a true representation of the health of you know the overall economy. It's more a mark because of big names doing well, it seems. Yeah, I think I think it is. You know, I think, did we mention last week or the week before that? You know, it's definitely a market of stocks and not a stock market. Yes, you know, yes, that's bang on. Well yeah, I think last week, obviously, um, but, you know, before we jump into what we think is coming up, obviously next week, uh, next week we do have quite a quiet week in the economic calendar. Last mm. week, though, um, you know, we'll just go in reverse order. Obviously, with non-farm payrolls on Friday, they obviously came out at three three nine. We done that live yeah. here on YouTube. Uh, you know that was great. That was also filtered into the app. You know, so if you remember the app, we covered that live three three nine versus previous of two nine four and a consensus of one ninety. I mean, what's what's going on that you know actual yeah. keeps beating consensus by you know, nearly double? Well, I don't know where the you know the one ninety came from. If I'm being completely honest, that, yeah. that was just outlandish. You know, me and you were saying on the live, like if this breaks below two hundred thousand, well then you know all power to the markets then but like you know don't I, I couldn't see that not not on a on a long shot did i expect it to overshoot to the extent that it did probably not but listen that's an absolute walloping and yeah. you know, we kind of saw the immediate reactions and you know a lot of the, the currency markets at least dollar gaining and then you know right towards the end we kind of saw a little bit of payback in the dollar gains but the immediate reaction was very much right dollar gaining against yen sterling euro you name it dollar index back up above above 104 as well so you know quite a bit of sustainable strength on the back of it so you know we'll be interested to see how that continues into next week yeah 
Do you, do you also do you also remember the NFP from January that blew up the water? It was like over four hundred thousand or something. Yes, five hundred thousand. Yes, yes, I do. That was astronomical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it, it actually took a while for the markets to move because people were like, "Is this real?" You know, they're like, "What?" <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, you know, yesterday I was asking you, "Is this real? Is yeah. this real?" Like, you know, that number coming through. Yeah. I was like, "Wow, what a bit!" You know? Yeah, because you know, you're sitting there if you're on TweetDeck or you're in Bloomberg or whatever, you get. A batch of numbers coming through all at once, you know, and yeah. it it could be easy enough to mistake three three nine on on something else, you know, yeah. there might be another number coming out somewhere, but I mean, you know, that's what it was. We obviously seen another one, I think that really counteracted that, um, but probably didn't. Well, it did actually, it really did counteract it. You know, we've seen it in the markets was the unemployment rate. You know, previous was three point four, consensus was supposed to go to three point five, but ended up at three point seven. Yeah, you know. Yeah. We, we we covered that yesterday really in the call, so we'll not talk about it too much. But you know, as we said, three point seven was still the limit of last year. We we seen numbers come up to three point seven last year and this year. So I mean, until it starts breaking up probably above four percent, we really shouldn't be too concerned yet. I mean, we're still at you know fifty year lows here. So yeah, and you raised a good point there with regards to the fact that we've seen three point seven before. Yeah, and um, you know, obviously prior that looked healthy, but then we came back off that. So you know, the narrative with that figure is a bit hit and miss. I think you 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 were bang on the money there, Rory, from saying you know we need to look for numbers north of that, yeah, you know, around that four percent mark to really look at that unemployment figure with you know uh, any sort of indication that that number is going to dictate activity by central banks. I feel as though non-farm payroll was probably the figure that you know probably caused a lot more movement in the markets yesterday yeah. uh, than that unemployment number still significant obviously you know the the um the figures are you know almost you know night and day to one another chalk and cheese yeah um but i feel as though immediate reaction was definitely swayed more towards nfp definitely yeah 100 percent. and i mean you know talking about the unemployment rate as well that you know it was obviously came out at 3.4 was the previous number I mean, I think what a lot of people, especially if you're new to trading, maybe you don't realize, you know, maybe a seasoned economist would know that 3.4 to 3.3 or going down to 3% unemployment is a huge, huge move. But going from 3.5 to 3.7 isn't such a big move yeah. because, I mean, what what is it in the US market at the minute, labor participation rate? Is it like 1.82 jobs for every unemployed person at the minute? So we, there's see a big gap. Yeah, it's. They just can't get enough people in. I mean, we're they're nearly at the maximum of you know participation rate. They just can't get any more people in through the door. So it, it doesn't look like it's going to get anywhere below three point four percent. And I mean, that's probably no. you know there's always a healthy happy medium, and I think it's it's on the it's on the south side of the happy medium to be quite honest. Um, so I think coming up in the next few months we'll definitely see above four percent. But going into Thursday, then obviously we've seen ISM manufacturing came out. It came out uh, lower than expected, forty six point nine. Also seen the inflation rate in uh, Europe coming out. It came in at six point one versus six point three consensus. So it's definitely coming down. ECB, what's the outlook there? They're obviously not um, particularly as hawkish as you might think. So we've seen euro coming off quite a bit this week off the back of those comments. What's the thoughts there? Yeah, I feel as though it's an uh, aggressive mouth, mouthpiece, if I'm being completely honest. I look at Europe and I still think, yes, it's positive in the sense that, yes, inflation's moving in the right direction. But ultimately, um, I don't know why the narrative is being dictated by America and it's almost being swallowed by the UK and Europe. 
Yeah. You know, the, the, the inflation game over in the US is completely different to that over here in Europe. Um, I don't understand markets or, you know, policymakers suggesting to markets that there might be a pause or, you know, in, in rate hike cycles when, you know, we're still way above target. Let's let's not forget, you know, target for inflation in most developed countries is 2%. Yeah. You know, we're threefold away from that in Europe, despite, you know, a good figure released there early in the week. They still mm-hmm. have a ways to go. I feel as though next meeting has got to be 25, at least as a bare minimum. Obviously, I feel as though there's probably uh, potential to scare the markets if we, you know, if they start reversing and, you know, implementing a more aggressive rate hike cycle that we saw last year. So, you know, if I don't see 25 or the markets don't see 25, I'd be seriously surprised. Um, yeah. What about, what about you? What do you think, Rory? What do you think ECB and Christine Lagarde needs to do? I, I still think they need they need to keep the pressure on. I mean, yeah. As you know, one thing I always do say is that it, it, one of the toughest central banking jobs probably is the ECB. Uh, you know, and I've said it many times about the various economies that are there. Mm-hmm. You know, what what you might want to do for Germany is going to be a lot different to what you might want to do for somewhere like you know, like Malta, for example. It's going to be yeah. you know, yeah. or Spain. It's going to be very very different. So I still think they need to keep the pressure on. I think one of the last things that you need, and you mentioned it yesterday, is that core inflation and inflation remain sticky around these levels. We always knew that coming from you know low double digits to mid single digits was always going to be the easy part, you know. But coming from the, the mid single digits is always going to be the hard part. Back to two percent, absolutely, absolutely. You know, especially now that some confidence is starting to be renewed back in the markets. You know, we're seeing we're seeing markets rally. What does that mean? Well, that probably means that we could start to see revenues rally. Well, could it? You know, if we're going to see revenues rally, then that's obviously going to be off the back of you know inflation further down. Um, you actually shared um. Well, somebody shared with me an interesting video. It was actually the Ryan R CEO a couple of days ago was speaking on CA, right. CNN or CNBC, um, really about the huge demand and travel that they're seeing. And despite the higher yeah. air fares, it's not really, um, it's mm. not really, it's not really making much of a difference to their impact. And he says that travels now become more of a necessity than a luxury, simply because people have been locked up for two years, and yeah. people's priorities are now that. You know, at the end of the year, if we have money for traveling, we'll do it. Where people are now prioritizing traveling over a lot of other things, you know, and that's just the trend that they're seeing. So you're starting to see that consumer discretionary spending a lot more. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that the inflation around 5% is going to remain there. You know, he mentioned as well that airfares, you know, increases are going to be at least double digits, you know, heading, in, heading into next year. So that's just something to keep an eye out on, you know, when you hear reports like that. It's obviously one thing to look for. Yeah, it's a good point, Rory, and I feel as though it kind of kind of supplements, you know, half of my belief as to why we will see sticky inflation across yeah. the board. I'm not just talking about Europe and the UK, I'm talking US as well. Is yes, we've got that consumption side of things and the psychological kind of hangover yeah. on the back of COVID, which is understandable. But also at the same time, that coupled with um, inflation is still very much embedded within the uh, softs and the commodity space. It is. You know, let's not forget that, that, you know, that supply chain is still an issue. Yeah. So, you know, that those are things that are beyond the control of the yeah. uh, ECB, the yeah. BRE, the yeah. Fed. Yeah. And that is where, you know, ultimately, you know, the, it might be a case where central banks are thinking, well, we can't really do much more here. Like, are we going to have to revise, you know, inflation targets and so on and so forth? So, you know, a good point you raised, and I feel it's like that coupled with uh, embedded inflation within softs and commodities is something that will prove 
to be problematic moving forward. Yeah, just just something you mentioned there as well about supply chains. Um, you know, recently obviously read the report and watched the video on the CEO from Boeing. You know, he came out and said that their order book and you know Airbus are pretty much the same. That their order book is pretty much full until mid twenty thirty. You know, right. so that's a long way away. Their order book's pretty much full. And this is a lot of that comes off the back of, you know, making all the avionics, making all the engines, things like that, all those components. Simply the suppliers are just, you, they haven't got the supply and they just know they won't get the supply. They haven't got the workforce. And they're pretty much saying that their order book now is full for nearly the next 10 years. So, I mean, they're now sitting at limited production for the next, exactly. you know, for the next 10 right years. Point. If, you know, if they're going to be churning out 144 planes or, you know, whatever it is to Ryanair a year, or let's just call it a thousand planes a year if they're churning it out. If customers come along and demand more planes, it's obviously going to start demanding a lot more, you know, price pressure. And I think exactly just hitting on what you said, that's exactly what we could possibly see. You know, supply chains, I don't think people realize exactly how much the supply chains have been issued and how long it could go on for, you know. But anyway, looking into next week, obviously with the, a bit of balance of trade coming out across a few countries, you know, with German balance of trade, um, Chinese, US, Australia. <clears throat> um, we also then on Monday have the ISM services coming out. Usually doesn't hit as hard as the um yeah. as the manufacturing, but anyway, we then have RBA interest rate decision on Tuesday, expected not to hike. But I mean, <laughs> they told us that last time. <laughs> Yeah, they're a bit volatile down there, aren't they? So uh, we'll, we'll see what they do. But I'm um, kind of going like it was a drunken night out or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and, and, they, and they hit the wrong button in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, might, it must be. But yeah, no, it'd be an interesting one to see. Obviously, you've got a, you know, volatile, volatile is the word I'd use to describe them guys over there at the RBA. But um, yeah, yeah, and also kind of backpedaling there, it'd be interesting to see uh, German balance of trade. Obviously, um, like, this is one of you kind of swept under the rug. Germany are in recession, they've had mm-hmm. two periods of negative growth now. So, I would be very interested to see just how much of the you know, decision making with ECB is going to be influenced by you know the the bloc's largest economy ultimately, you know, in a bit of a hard place at the minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. kind of expe- obviously expected, you know, let's not get ourselves the the banks around the world are, you know, yeah, like it or love or like it or lump it, you know, our engineering recessions. Mm-hmm. And this is what we are seeing. So, you know, I'd be interested to see how that number from Germany impacts markets. I wonder if so. it'd be interesting to see if it impacts Europe at all. Yeah, I I I think it probably will have some impact anyway, you know, on them. I mean, as I've said, sometimes the Euro sometimes the Eurozone just have to cater towards the likes of France and Germany. But if yeah. they're if they're starting to struggle, I'm sure they'll have no no second thoughts about, you know, relieving policy and making a wee bit more loose. Um yeah, that's absolutely. just my opinion. Obviously, next week, mate, quite a light week in terms of that, as it says. Um, you know, that's really all we have out. RBA, um, ISM services, bit of balance of trade. The week after that, however, um, if we look at Tuesday, 13th of June, that's ISM or sorry, ISM, uh, inflation rate in the US. It's actually so important. That's going to be key. That's that's going to be key. Yeah. The only thing is now the Fed from today obviously entered a ten day blackout period, mm. so not going to hear anything from them around it. Um, so don't be expecting anything. Um, but I do think what that inflation reading on the Tuesday could have some impact on the Wednesday, the fourteenth FOMC meeting. You know, usually it is well scripted and it, it is quite tight. You know, but I think if we yeah. started to see inflation coming out, yes, it mightn't affect the decision, but it will certainly affect the speech afterwards. So, you know what? I'll, I'll kind of disagree with you. I think, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it will be the 
the pivot or the sort of seal on you know the action taken by the Fed. Basically, you know, look at what's happened this week. Two numbers that yeah. contrast to one another. You know, if you're a policymaker, you're thinking, okay, sugar, which am I going to pay more attention? Yeah, and PCE um, increased, didn't it, last time? Exactly. So I'm looking ahead at the inflation print now, and I feel as though, you know, that's going to be the, the bit of data coming out that's ultimately going to sway the decision by the Fed. And, and look, they've done it. They've done a good job so far. Let's not knock them. You know, they've been very, very data dependent they've made all their decisions based on the data so um why stop now it's basically yeah my sort of argument so you know i wouldn't be surprised if inflation shops to the upside they're like right okay yeah fair enough well i think you know just before we end everything let's look at two let's look at two scenarios then for inflation coming out obviously on tuesday 13th um expected to come out at around you know obviously previous was 5.5 for core and the inflation rate was 4.9 sort of expected now to drop to about 4.7 what do you think if we're back above five what's what do you think do you think equity markets will just tank dollar will rally quite hard equity markets down two percent dollar up two percent uh it's an interesting one i i don't think it's as simple as that in all honesty yes i do feel as though it gives way to certain dollar strengths um Will we see equities table off? I don't know. I don't know. There's a bit of a feel-good factor in the markets at, at the moment. You would expect that to be the reasonable response. Yes, all right, mm-hmm. pull out some equities. But as you said, Rory, at the beginning of this, it's a market of stocks, not a stock market. Yeah. Well, those, what... those, those, those selection of stocks are performing so well now, and they dominate the public narrative on your CNNs, your Bloombergs, any major news outlet mm-hmm. uh, that dabbles in finance, it will be difficult to kind of stop that flock to big quality names. And, you know, they, they, they hold weight on these indexes. So in terms of overall performance of, you know, indexes moving forward, I think that's a bit of a harder call. Yeah. If I'm being completely, completely honest. But, you know, kind of not on the flip side, I know the public, you know, the sort of popular narrative now is a pause. Mm-hmm. I just can't see it, man. I, yeah. I just can't see it. I'm, I'm the same. I'll agree with you. I'll finish it there and say we're. I think we're definitely sitting on the hawkish side of the FOMC. It's, it's, it's maybe a good thing. It's maybe a good thing we aren't in charge of it. Would be a double digits by now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Although inflation would be down to two percent, everybody would be happy. There you go. <laughs> you know, there you are. Mike, Mike and Rory, 2024. <laughs> yeah. It can happen. Yeah, tr- Trump and DeSantos out, <laughs> Mike and Rory in. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, I think that's Not it for sure. this week. Um, great one. Uh, remember, just everybody get onto the app. Make sure you check the app out. Really, really good selection there. Um, obviously, just different content going in. Um, really good way to catch up with the markets and also just catch up with ourselves and see what we're thinking as well and what everybody else is sharing. Says, perfect. Awesome, nice one, mate. See you next week. Cheers, Cheers.